0: Good afternoon, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Kennet Talk. I'm this morning and my host,
1: as usual, Aiden. That's it, guys. Thankfully, we're back from the international break. You know, I, I, per, I personally didn't really follow much of the, the games that, that went by. So I'm really excited to to get back to the Premier League. And wow, what a game to get back to. Um, Man City versus Arsenal, just like we came back from lockdown. Um, so yeah, first game against Man City. Not the easiest games to be up against first.
0: Uh, just to up to you, though, you started off um, with regards to the nations league. <laughs> um, you know, I've not tried watching it now on <laughs> the breaks now, and I still can't get the format because I mean, you see early on in the week, I think last week sometime, they're playing like you know, semi-final playoff uh, positions or playoff finals. I and mean, in this, I think this week or this yeah, since last weekend to now. It was like it was like the tournament was running again. <laughs> so I mean, even I think I think um, Arsene Wenger also said the other day they can also just scrap um, you know the uh, that Nations League because I mean it it's, it's almost like nobody it, it doesn't make sense. So you can rather just you know stick with your 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 uh, say your European Championship qualifiers, and then maybe the odd uh friendlies around in. But I mean, for me, as I said, uh, meaningless really. Um, back to Arsenal matters. Yeah, the big showdown was Man City. Uh, early days yet, but it's still weird to see the 14th team in the league take on the 4th team. <laughs> it's not us being the 14th team. Um, yeah, so, you know, as Gunners, I mean, the, the form kind of stops at the tunnel, at the Etihad. And I mean, the real work is going to, or the grind is going to really come on the pitch because then it's going to see also how... Arteta has now laid out the plans for this, I mean, what's going to be a an exciting uh, fixture. So, any players that you, uh, you know, want to keep an eye on from Man City?
1: The um, brain now, in the first team, is going to be starting first of all, because he apparently, you know, he, I think it is a game for Belgium that he, he never played in and due to Indigo. Uh, I don't know, how, like, how true it is, because you know, there's stories before the games, but uh, I'm hoping you know to see he's not on the team sheet. But if that is the case, I think you'd um, be definitely be the guy to watch out for because if you look at Man City's team now this season, currently, it seems that a lot of play is going to De Bruyne now. With no David Silva, no Sergio Aguero, it seems like if you shut down that avenue, and you know, in the past, you know, Arsenal maybe would never allow like you know, would have allowed him the freedom. But I do think that if I don't think Partey would start, but I think if he did start, you know, it would be a good ploy probably to put him on the brainer to just nullify him. And, you know, that is definitely one guy that I think we should watch out for. Sterling as well, because it seems like he always sparks to life whenever he, he comes up against Arsenal. So those two guys definitely, for me, are the, the two danger men.
0: I mean, up to now, Pep Guardiola really, you know, keeping the team news close to his chest. And I must say, even now, as you mentioned injuries, you of course, um, oh, I still think we should still go into that sort of mindset as as Arsenal or Gunners, of you know, we're still going to face the strongest City team that's out there. Because I think if you're going to kind of put yourself in that sense, full sense of security. You, you you know almost like kind of you know run yourself into a, a, a trap and I mean Pepe is normally quite clever in that sense with the the way you know he sets out his squad because I mean if you think of it I mean I kind of fell for it a few weeks back where um people were talking about Alisson being injured and then of course when I saw on the match day in the in the three one win over us he was in the squad and then I think what was it, within seven days or whatever, he was out injured now for <laughs> two months now.
1: Murphy's law. But what's interesting for me is that you know, Arsenal and, and Man City right now are not, you know, we didn't say there's not much gulf between the two teams, but the bookies are still favoring Man City like you said. Um Arsenal's odds still win is like six to one or something like that. So it's quite crazy they still have Man City as favourites, but I don't think we're that far off and I do feel probably more confident than I have in the past few seasons that a point is in a reach. At the, at the end,
0: And I mean, as you mentioned earlier, you know, it's still up in the air regarding Arsenal's, um, you know, team selection. Because I mean, it could, as you mentioned, uh, be too soon for party. You know, I, I think probably, you know, giving Brothers something like a 20 minute run out. Because I think he, besides, look, he started training, I think, either yesterday or, or a little session today. But I still think he needs to also see, you know, in game, like, like, you know, might, like, say, as a substitute on the touchline try to get that sort of perspective of the way the team plays, the way the team moves and what is now, you know, going to be expected of him because, look, he does bring that discipline with, of being under Simeone at Atletico Madrid, so I just think it's going to be you what know, should be actually a smooth transition for him.
1: Yeah, definitely. and It's definitely the guy we're missing, here you know, to boss the midfield, so, you know, let's, as they say, there's no party without Thomas. So, so let's let's hope that you know, hopefully he starts, but if not, you know, Sebayos, Al and Xhaka could be a good, good deputies. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think the three-four-three formation is that this is the kind of game, you know, where you can say to Ateta, okay, I understand why you're going to be a bit more defensive and actually look for the point. And yeah, I think that that should be the first priority: is not to lose. And yeah. whatever happens thereafter, you know, you can take it from there. An old
0: Mourinho way about him, where you know you would set up your store, you know, almost like whatever we do, we just don't lose, whether we draw or sneak or steal or win. That is, is uh, you know, almost like the, the best scenario. We don't we don't think of uh, like worst case scenarios.
1: No, yeah, definitely, yeah. because if if you look at the table currently, if if you told me after Arsenal, you know. Plays Liverpool already, you know. You've, you're in the fourth position, I and mean, after you play Man City, you know, touch wood, maybe a positive result. You're sitting maybe, you know, results go against, when I mean, for Arsenal. You're sitting also maybe fourth, fifth, even third place, you know, depending on the result. And you look at you got two of the big boys down away from home already, and looking and thinking, okay. You know, the sooner we are getting these K. P. games out the way, while well, they're still finding defeat, you know, you don't know where Arsenal could be, especially if they're finding that consistency. So, I think Arsenal need to be very smart. how they approach tomorrow's game? I think we've been outsmarted by Pep, you know, far too many times. You know, with Wenger, Emery, and I think maybe Arteta's going to give him a bit more of something to think about than his previous games. I mean, you saw it's one-one now in terms of um, Pep and Arteta, so. Going to be able to see who's going to get the edge in this one,
0: and I also think you know I was watching uh, the well, that Premier League fan show um, yesterday, where Ian Wright and, and Tim Sherwood and them were talking, and uh, you know they all believe. Or I mean, as us as fans also believe that Man City defence can be got at because if you think the way they set up at the moment, they're not really sure what's with with a new centre back. Laporte is always touch and go with his fitness. You know, Johnstone's not really in the equation, really. It's just like, you know, somebody waiting in the wings. And I think also where they, or uh, their uh, vulnerability as Man City, is like, you know, they have the Rodri at times playing in that holding old, midfield position. And it was like, it takes, uh, not really takes away, but when, 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 uh, Fen- uh, was it Fernando? Or Fernandinho? Fernandinho. Yeah. When he has to uh, shift in defence or help, out, I, I look, he's like, um, you know, like the jack of all trades in that team. But it's, it's like when you take him out of that holding midfield role, you you almost like you 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 cut the hamstring, not the hamstring, the Achilles, because all of a sudden Rodri, just things are going forward, going forward. And how many games haven't we seen now this season, especially how quick they get dissected just because, you know, doing the real cover job. And, and I mean, it's not like something he's going to fix, you know, overnight or whatever. You can see it's already ingrained into him. So he is really having problems playing in that sort of, a uh, disciplined holding midfield and, and uh, holding the role, and it reminds me a bit of that sort of recklessness we saw with Xhaka in the beginning. You remember that way? Yes. You you want him to do the protection, but when you're looking, he's playing as a cam at times. So I still think you can, we can really have a, a pop at them tomorrow. I'm not I'm not saying go reckless into the game. But I'm just saying play it wise, as you mentioned, and then you know really pick them off where you can because we do have the pace to burn.
1: And speaking about pace to burn, you know, I know that we're going to set up, you know, he's luck like his head back into the squad. Or do you put a to spearhead the attack and try to actually, you know, a- a- attack them with, with with pure pace down the middle and then. Um, Pepe and Saka on either side, or, or or do we go like I said up front with William? I mean, like I said left. I mean, like I said, so front sorry, a left and William right. Like, what what's the thinking? Do you think going to be in our head?
0: I mean, uh, look, we the last time we saw us playing our big game was when William was playing out right, and he was kind of just really tanking physically in in a game because I mean, look, it was a real high octane type game. Where lots of running was needed, lots of pressing was needed. And I think I can say a smaller team, William, can do the business of that. Or when he plays in that uh, number 10 role as he did in that latter part of the Sheffield United game. But I just think in this game, I mean, I don't know what your, your opinion is, but maybe sticking Pepe out on the right then. And yeah, you know.
1: I, I think so. I mean, Pepe caused Man City a bit of headaches, funny enough, in, the, in that FA Cup semi final. So. I think they would be fearing against him, but they also kind of puts fear in car- Kyle. Who's their left back at the moment? Sorry, I was thinking of their right, Carl Walker, but the Bamiang will be up against Kyle Walker. So, if I'm not mistaken, is Kyle Walker playing on the right hand side?
0: Yeah, uh, but I think that they, they still had a problem somewhat with that uh, Zinkovic because he had some sort of problem, uh, like a niggle again. So, they do have, I think, a problem on the left with that uh, Mendy. Uh, can be also quite erratic. I mean, there's quite a lot of um, players in the team that are not playing You know, the, the way we've now seen them when they, you know, are on full on, on tilt. You can see that really, there's something lacking in the, in their
1: game. No, 100%. And I think, like I said, they're very one-dimensional through the Bruyne at the moment. And I don't know if Jesus is going to be fit to play up front, but I do think if Raheem Sterling starts as their number nine 'Cause I think they've I don't know if they tried to use him as a false nine or as a number nine. But I do think Gabriel could could have some fun there because I think Gabriel has the speed but also the strength that he could take out Sterling. So like I said, there could be a an opportunity for Arsenal to... Because we've been actually dark horses thus far. We've been doing the business very quietly. You know, everybody's looking at Liverpool, Spurs, Man United in the critics, Chelsea. You know, how are they doing? Everton, everybody's flying. high. We are out of the media for one, So, you know, we can snap up a point or, or even, you know, wishfully at three points. I think tails will be up and slowly Arsenal will be creeping up further and further
0: more into that top four. I mean, the, the question mark is also over uh, Gabriel Jesus at the moment, because that's why I said Pepper's not giving really any info out on, on their squad. And as I said, the question marks are over Kevin De Bruyne. The question marks are over Jesus Fitness. And they're also saying that, that, that uh, you know, uh, the game could also be too soon for someone like um, Aguero. Because look, he's now just come off uh, an operation and that to... to Fix a leg injury, and I don't think they're going to really want to look. With the Champions League coming up for them as well, I don't think yeah. they want to, you know, push into that sort of limit immediately.
1: Yeah, so I think Arsenal should go out there, um, and I think Arsenal has this advantage over a lot of teams in the Europe in your in Europe in the Premier League. We we have. Uh, Oh, like we know, maybe don't have like the strongest on paper. You know, starting eleven, but when you start putting, spreading into class eleven to twenty-five players, Arsenal have you know a relatively strong squad that can do the job. So you have your 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 second team that's not second team, but your your group of players that can go do a job in Europe, and you'll have a fresh batch of players waiting for you in the Premier League, whereas in your Man Cities, your Leicester's, your Liverpool's. Man United, you know, they can only really put out 12 to 15 players week in, week out.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, after that, you're going down to their the youth players again. And that is where I think we have the edge because, I mean, not now, just with, say, tomorrow, but I just think with, with someone like, say, Saka coming in and can actually take a game by the scruff of the neck you got, because it actually can. Or not not always Liverpool, but at times Liverpool, when they do throw certain players in, you can see it becomes overwhelming overwhelming for them. Because I mean, if you recall that, that game in the in the Carabao Cup where that Nico was it Williams, yes, wait. I mean, he's he's a, a top top talent, but I mean, you could say after a while it was getting to him the the sort of tempo it was being played, the sort of you know pressure he was being put under, and you could see it was catching up to him.
1: Yeah, so it's definitely you know, advantage Arsenal that they need to kind of, you know, use it to their advantage over the, the, the fellow rivals and competitors for the various spots, and you know, let's let's go there to the ATI tomorrow to be confident but not reckless or arrogant. Just go there, do your job, and you know, maybe we can pick up the points. And I, mean,
0: the, 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 I think the big question mark for us again is. Um, with Kieran quarantine, he can play because he did have that uh, COVID symptoms. He was now under quarantine in Scotland. Um But I mean, I think Arsenal met yesterday with some Scottish um, representatives of the national team and that because they're trying to figure out if he can actually come to to London because they actually wanted to do more tests on him to see. Because I mean, I think he's keeping fit and everything, but it's just with that because at some uh, you see some countries have that that compulsory. Um, lockdown uh, or the quarantine thing, and some are actually a bit more lax on it, so they'll, you know, might do it like over th- three, four days, and then you're allowed to go, so I mean, it would actually be nice to have him in the squad, because I just think he will offer more than Kolasinac would, if he was now
1: playing. Definitely, definitely, I think it would be actually, you know, a, a very big weakness, because Kieran Tierney also keeps his opposite, like, even though he plays at centre-back, but he also keeps that opposition's wing-back occupied because if you push Kyle Walker or, or is it Mendy that will be playing with Aubameyang I think it's Kyle Walker. If Kyle Walker pushes too far forward you know, Tierney knows how to ping that ball into Bamiang stride to get onto so it, it kind of limits that option for you so I'm hoping that Arsenal can, can get Tierney in the squad and you know, we can go full strength against City, who, at the moment, are are there for the taking? They are like boxing against the ropes currently.
0: And I mean, I just want to also touch on something you mentioned. Is like you know, for me, tomorrow, you know, whether it's win, lose, or draw, I think as a, as a Gunner, I actually felt now in a better place now. You know, going into this fixture because I just think that when you think of what we were talking about, I think in the last week's podcast of you know, sort of nervousness, the the like close to nauseous feeling when you know okay we have a trip up north to take on on uh either the manchester clubs or liverpool and now you're actually seeing now a squad being put together that can go toe-to-toe now with him like if we want to and and i also think now in 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 the Wenger years and you know every every years that you almost like that that sort of defeatist sort of mentality i mean you don't want to be like it as a fan it doesn't look like you already, uh, could already go on the fixture list and go, okay, L, L, L like that. And then now, I just feel, I mean, more at uh, the I mean, I just feel way more, uh, you know, uh, positive and I'm in mean, the real, really buzz enough, almost almost like every game, whether it's crucial or just a run-of-the-mill type game.
1: Yeah, I have to be thankful for Ateta because he's even, you know, made my girlfriend more interested in the, the Arsenal games as well. So, you know... Um, is so it's becoming more and more a, a, a gooner. So Arteta needs to just keep up the the good work and exciting and, you know, top-notch performances.
0: Yeah. So now we switch our attention to the Europa League fixture on Thursday night. Uh, we're playing Rapid Vienna in Austria. Um, at the start of our Europa League journey, uh, we actually now visit the team that's uh, known as the record Bundesliga title oldest in Austria. They've won about 32 times. So, I mean, it's not going to be that simple. I mean, I think sometimes many people get also confused with, um, say, comparing the Austrian Bundesliga to the uh, SPL. But, I mean, they have quite a competitive uh, streak to them. And, I mean, normally most of the Austrian teams like RB Salzburg and, you know, say teams like Rapid Vienna, they do, you know, uh, give you a real game. Because, I mean, look, they've got like, uh, they like their danger, mean you know, uh, Taksik, uh, Taksakis Funtas that is their forward he's you know, almost like an odd streak now in the in, in, uh, Austrian Bundesliga and then they've got also um, a couple of Austrian internationals uh, Ecken, Kara and Maximilian Hoffmann who's uh, like a centre-back and, and a striker so I mean for me it's going to be also quite tough to uh, come up because they got their tails up I think they they got roughly the when I checked the league I think they also something like four
1: wins out of five or th- yeah, three wins out of four, something like that. Because they also flying quite high you know. Yeah, I'm just hoping that we can you know, get the the, the points on the board uh, against them. I mean, you don't want to take it too lightly. I mean, you saw, was it, that Red Bull Salzburg that was in the um, Champions League last season that also gave Liverpool a run for their money thinking that, you know, it's going to be an easy game. So, you know, you can't think it's going to be just a walkover. You need to earn your points and I think if, we can go there with the right positive attitude, especially on the back of a positive city result, win or draw. I mm-hmm. think we can go in there and, you know, get the job done and start you know that momentum rolling because now you you your likes of your fringe players are getting the opportunity now to also play and put in good shifts and it could cause a competition factor which you want in the squad. Yeah,
0: because I mean look, Arteta is now gonna probably you know, guarantee ring the changes as well as give, you know, Arunasan probably his, his debut now. And, I mean, with Arsenal's, uh, like, my personal
1: opinion, Arsenal, with their second string should be able to see Austria a rapid Vienna. No, I agree 100%. So, I think that it'll be two good games to watch and I think two good games as well, you know, to, to not look further in those two games. I yeah. think, look for, look at City, look at the rapid Vienna And, you know, like the cricket, like I always say, you know, you go in 10s to get to 100, but... Yeah, you know, get your get your city game out the way, get zapped by and then you reassess the situation now where you're following following two to three batch of fixtures coming up.
0: Yeah, because I mean I told my wife this morning, I mean, uh I mean I didn't really take note of the, the league at the I mean for me it's just like this weekend coming up it's just now we resumed the Premier League again and I, I didn't check the table because I just found it weird when I uh, you know set up the that FIFA for twenty one yesterday. When I saw on the you know, with the, the the display screen with the fixtures and all that stuff. When I saw like Man City fourteenth versus Arsenal fourth, I thought, What Because, really? I mean then not it's all like kinda hit home about other league situation is at the moment.
1: I think it it kind of resembles I'm not saying it's in the end of the same way. That that season maybe where you know where Leicester ended up winning the titles where everybody around him was just, you know, throwing away silly poison. All they were doing was winning or throwing, winning or drawing. So I think, you know, Arsenal just needs to be consistent. I'm not saying they're going to win the league or end top four. If, I think just be consistent in your performances. I think your results will come if you're just consistent in your performances and you try to grind out the results and not do anything over-reckless. And I think part, uh, you know, addition to the squad may give the team a lift, but a big but as well. And I think, maybe I'm just being a harsh critic, but I don't think a bombing is destroyed stride as yet. And I think, the fact that we're picking up points without him eating his stride, I think is a good sign, because I think if he starts and that hard streak, he can win a lot of games for us.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, usually that shades of, of of true depth in your squad, because now you're not just relying on him to score now. Everybody else is on the chopping. in. And, I mean, that, is, that was your and my biggest gripe going like, as the se- uh, last season ended.
1: Yeah, I mean, Pepe, Saka is on the score sheet of Bamiang. you got one goal, you have Lacazette to three, and then, Gabriel, you know, with the other goals. So, the you know, goal scorer is already dispersed quite nicely. So, I mean, just keep it up and, you know, who knows, you know, after the next two games where we are in the league and, and looking forward into the next, you know, cluster of fixtures that we will, will monitor.
2: Yeah.
0: So, now as we now wrap up the podcast, slowly we switch our attention to the talking points of the week. We've got actually really one. Um, you know, Venger's book launch was, I think, last week sometime. And you know, I don't know for me. Yeah, a, a lot of people said it was almost like a bit underwhelming because you the book wasn't really you know going to the nitty gritty of of things. You know that you and I always said yes, maybe this is one day going to come out in his biography or that you kind know, of that. So, but I mean, it's nothing. It's a very basic book, and not even I mean, I, I mean, I was planning to first get it, but I think I'll hold off rather for now. But, I mean, the the main point I wanted to make was, I just found it a bit, uh, how can I say? Because, like, uh, Wenger was, like, inter- interviewed by a different press and uh, the British media especially. And, I mean, he now kind of, like, threw in these two cents with regards to the whole way Arteta is dealing with Ozil and, and saying, like, you know, you're wasting the, the talent. And, but I'm I'm just thinking, if you're going to come with that attitude always... You're never gonna go forward. I mean, you have to make cutthroat de- decisions if you're running a top club, and and I just think he pampered Erzol also too much in his reign. Because I mean, look how even Aaron, Aaron Ramsey also mentioned about how Erzol was given like you know sometimes extra days off or could be <laughs> early and and stuff like that just because he would run straight to the manager's office to tell say this or that or whatever. And I just think now when 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 you know Erzol should be now stepping up as the man. I just think he's almost like shying away, almost like behind his PR team, and they are doing all the, the bidding for him at the moment.
1: I think the moment Alexis Sanchez left, it's almost like the pressure almost felt too much on Urzal's shoulders. I mean, when Sanchez... Like, he got showed up a bit more, because I think Sanchez would, would would bail him out a lot with, with you know, maybe pulling an Arsenal win, and you're kind of just celebrating the win, or, you know, Ozil played the ball to Sanchez, and Sanchez, you know, beat that he plays, and went to go and score... But I think it just went, oh, he became the main man. You know, everybody looked at him like, Urzel's going to be the saviour, new contact and everything. And I think a lot of people are disappointed of how he just, you know, went from almost, uh, almost 20 assists a season to, you know, nothing nothing anymore. Like, he's I don't know when last he assisted or even, you know, contributed two goals. So, I mean, you're paying so much for him. You could have gotten a quality... Uh, attacker in to do that because we're missing that at the moment. Someone to unlock teams, and he, if he put his mind to it, he could be the guy. He still, still has, you know, it's like look at David Silver.
0: Yeah. And I mean, look, I'm not trying to be now, you know, controversial. Look, even I did this podcast to be like, you know, two guys just having a random football talk, and that, and, and whether it's something top, uh, you know, the topic of the day or something that's of interest that we also discuss. And, I mean, my point that I just wanted to make was, you know, I always find it a shame where you have, like, you know, we have this split at the club. Look, everything is now unified and under uh, Arteta. And that. But now you have this, this sort of divide again going where you've got almost like a pro-Ozil group or a splinter group, whatever, and then you have, like, the majority that are, you know, gunas that back Arteta to the to the you. And I just think to myself, you know, just... Like, I mean, this is my opinion. I mean, I don't know how you, like, I mean, you're free to now express yours as well. But I mean, I just think to myself, for me, whatever benefits the club, if it's the coach making the the, the decision or having his say, then I fully back the coach. Because for me, people like those will come and go to the club. So, I mean, yeah, maybe it's, but, but I just think to myself, it got to a point where... He gets a contract and then off, like he just offers nothing. And I mean, if people want to disagree with us, fine. But I mean, you can just go. Everybody's always throwing this stat and this stat about Usual, but I'm just thinking to myself, have a look at these stats of what he actually contributes to the team, like actually to the team with, like the running, the off the ball stuff, and that. then you can see this is where, you know, we are really lacking. And and of course, if if somebody's not gonna, you know, of course, throw things in my face about this, then I'm always always thinking, okay. You know, my dear points there about all and that, but could you see him Honestly, like, you know, hand on heart, can you see him just walking into any of their top teams when you think of what they expect from their players? Like, whether you create or whatever, you're supposed to do, you know, run yourself, your ass into the ground, you know, you know, run till, you, even if it's like your, your last drop of sweat in your body whatever, you are going to run and you are going to work for the team. Because, I mean, you're getting now, if you look at our team, the way our Teta has set up, you've got Aubameyang at times, even at the left-back, You've got like I said, dropping so deep, he's even playing as a holding midfielder. And this is the sort of work rate that we have been lacking for years and years and years.
1: Uh I agree. First first point like I want to bring up is the old little dividing. So uh, I'm sure you know how it's very pro him, like you know, from the moment he came, you know, even though he was taking over the years, very flack for laziness and you know, I always stood by him as a world class player, I covered for him, I covered for him. Even at the end of Emre's reign, I was still like, you know, you are maybe like, I think it's time to maybe get rid of him for someone else who can do the job. But I think during Arteta's reign, when you look at a guy like Mustafi, who I was like, you know, I can't see him playing again. Or Kanat Shaka, when he took his top off and I thought, you know, I'm done with him. Or you look at various players and you say to yourself and look like, you know, where is it going wrong for It's attitude? Because... If Mustafi, you know, who half the club wanted or half the fan base wanted out, Shaka, I'm sure, you know, after that incident, you no know, fans were done with him. But if those two players could find their way back into the team, it is a hell of a lot about Özil's attitude, and then that's for me started, you know, making me think, Nah man, this is this is not right. And as you mentioned now, it just shows how uh, Özil's stock has dropped. If the fact that he was he there's like you know he's unhappy. you could say unhappy at the club, but if no club is uh, near to approach him, you know? Like no Juventus, no Inter Milan, not Real Madrid, not Barcelona, not Chelsea, not anybody, not even Man United are willing to come in for him because they can see he's he's just not willing to put in an extra bit to make it work. And I think you know it's sad to see it end like that because he came to the club. As the hero, you know, and now he's just you know going into the bus.
0: I mean, for me, you know, the way this season will now plan out, he's actually robbing himself also of a season. Because I mean, I think if he was really now into uh, you know, the football side of things, he would have not just said, Okay, I'll take it on the chin, I'll take that. And I mean, if you think of it earlier on in the season, that was like an 18 million off that they were planning to give. And now it's already dropped to 13. And now, from what I saw now, where I told you it's going to end up in you know, almost like a tit-for-tat with, with Ozil and, and the club trying to one-up each other. And now with Arsenal now not including him in the the Champions League squad. Um, sorry, old habits.
1: Yeah.
0: All that bits. Um, And then there's now big, big talk of him now being omitted from the Premier League squad as well. Oh.
2: So that means
0: he will lose... Uh, what was it they said that article I read oh the benefits you know that part of your add-ons when you sign a, a long-term contract or a, a big big contract that little fine print which is like the add-ons about your performances and he's going to lose now a chunk of that stuff as well so that's not like Arsenal's way of saying okay you do not want to take the offer we gave you so now we're going to start docking like but
1: what is happening that you know that even uh, Oteta's not seeing eye to eye I mean what is honestly happening that he can't get into the squad easy? That lazy, that his attitude, that poor, that Artyom is not willing to give him a chance over Mustafi, over Kolesnich, over you name it. He's giving everybody over Urzel. Like I mean, what could this guy be doing? that's under I two mean, managers already, that you know, being I, frozen out.
0: And I mean, I I just think I mean I think Ian Wright or I'm not sure if it was Ian Wright or Tim Sherwood that said in that football show I was watching, um yesterday where they also said, that, like, they had the, the, the Arsenal current, like, the strongest lineup they put on the screen with, you know, a P- party included. And that, I think, it, like, I'm sure now, at East Term Show, that said, where do you fit Ozil in, in a squad like this? If you can see already how yeah, they form... And, and um, the beauty of that formation that we also have now with Arteta, the three four three, if push comes to shove, you can also do that rearranging, and then you're sitting with, like, one or two different formations with that same players without even making a sub. And now, I mean, as as I said now, or as he said now, then where do you fit him in? And I mean, you already saw the stuff sort of work. rate that all of them put in. where They work as a unit. They, they defend, like you know, they defend as a unit. They attack as a unit. Yeah. So,
1: I agree with you for that. Um, just, I think we, we we kind of missed on that. Your predictions for the two games that that uh, that's coming up. i uh,
0: I mean. I'm gonna not just shoot from the hip. I, I think we can sneak away against Man City, and I see us a winning quite strongly in Austria. I mean, of course, I don't want to not to bite you in the ass, but I mean I'm gonna go out on, on a limb and say a uh, sneaky, uh, sneaky win at at, at the Etihad finally, and a uh, solid away, uh, win away with the, the beating. I'm,
1: I'm going. I'm gonna go a. Uh, uh... 2 old, throw at the Etihad and I'm going to go, you know, uh, comfortable, maybe 3 0 win in Austria.
0: Yeah. And with that, we end our podcast for the weekend. We hope you enjoy it. Enjoy the football. It's a lot on you know, the on the menu. Uh, take care, guys. Bye.
1: Enjoy, guys. It's good to be back with the Premier League and all club football. But yeah, have a good weekend and stay safe.